Hey guys, happy 2019. We are eager to see what the Lord has in store for Mommyhood Redeem this year as we seek to pursue Christ and honor him in our lives and more specifically our mothering. Uh, if you've noticed, our social media posts of late have been centered on prayer and we are praying that as we seek wisdom about prayer from the word of God and share that with you, that you'd be encouraged, challenged, and blessed. Yes, Lauren and I are both excited to continue talking about prayer this month as the Lord has just placed uh, prayer and the urgency of it on both of our hearts this year separately. And so we just thought that we would share that with you as we seek to grow in that area in our own hearts and lives. But today in our podcast, we're going to talk about something that we both struggle with and just have continued to seek growth in day by day and really year by year as Christians and more importantly as moms. This struggle um, is control. Who is in control of our world, our family, our husbands, our kids, us, really everything. And even though our minds as believers knows the answer to that question, the truth of who scripture speaks of, a lot of times our actions reflect that our heart doesn't always believe that. I think we have to start at the beginning. In Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that answers the big question of who is in control. It's the one who created it, God. He created the world and everything in it. And he is good and powerful. And because he is the author and creator, he is the one who has sovereign reign and rule over it all. So after you get this big picture, this is who's in control. What is he in control of on a smaller level, specifically in our lives? And I think we have to realize both for us and for all those around us, it's salvation. In John six forty four, it says that no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. And Titus three, five says he saved us not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy spirit. That means for us that there isn't a burden that you have to bear about the salvation of your children or even your spouse, if they're unsaved, it's God who is going to draw them to himself. It's God who's going to change their hard heart to flesh and redeem them, not you. Now, obviously this doesn't negate our responsibility to be a faithful mom or wife as Christ has called and equipped us to be because we are most likely the means that is going to draw them to him. You can't control your child's eternity though. Only Christ can, but I think this should motivate us to fear God and to be obedient to his wisdom and scripture about child rearing and to humbly come before him interceding on their behalf daily, just begging this sovereign God of the universe to save their little souls. I think it's so easy uh, to try and find ourselves or I find myself trying to control their salvation. And oftentimes I think I'm teaching moralism rather than a heart change you know, we don't want to be that mom at Target who has the kid who's having the full-fledged tantrum (laughs) or the mom at the park who's, you know, kids running away from her as she's yelling for them to come to the car. Uh, You know, we want our kid to be the kid who shares without being asked and the one who uses manners at other people's houses, who obeys authority and the list goes on. But 
we have to make sure as moms that our goal isn't that we have these good kids, but rather that we're seeking to reach their hearts for Christ. You know, we can try and beat them with the gospel. We can try and beat them with, this is what God wants you to do. And why aren't you doing this? And oftentimes I think we treat them when they're not even saved yet. We expect them to act like a saved person. And we don't seek to really reach their hearts. We're seeking rather just to kind of put a Band-Aid on something that's much deeper, their heart problem. I know one time I was having issues with one of my kids um, just being disobedient and just continuing to do the same thing over and over and over again. And I was just exhausted and frustrated. And I just said, told him, you're, you're bad. You're so bad. <laughs> and I said it multiple times. And eventually he started going around calling his brother and sisters bad too. And I had to stop and I had to go to him and I had to realize, okay, this is a perfect gospel opportunity for me to show him, you know what, what you did was bad. And the reason you did these bad things is because you have a bad heart mm. and I shouldn't have just told him you're bad. I should have led him to the gospel and I should have said, your heart's bad and it needs Jesus to help you. God and only God can change your heart and mm-hmm. help you to be kind or help you to obey mama. And we want them to, you know, ultimately the goal is we want them to obey, not because they're scared of getting a discipline or because we've trained some, you know, moral mm-hmm. child, but rather because they have had a heart transformation that God saved their souls and redeemed them. You know, the goal isn't a good kid. Lots of unsaved people raise good kids or even good people. The prayer is that you would train their hearts and point them to the only one who can save their soul. That's so good. And secondly, God is sovereign in our suffering. You guys, this is huge. If you don't believe that God is sovereign and in control of the suffering that takes place in the world, and more specifically in your life, you don't know the good God of the Bible. John Piper says, the ultimate reason that suffering exists in the universe is so that Christ might display the greatness of the glory of the grace of God by suffering in himself to overcome our suffering. I think a great example of this in scripture is in Genesis and the story of Joseph. We read of Joseph's story and specifically in Genesis 50, 19 through 21, we see Joseph's belief in and trust in the sovereign control of a good God who was sovereign over and in control of all the suffering he endured, his brothers selling him as a slave and all that occurred. He says to his brothers after their father's death, as they anticipate what may come of them because of their wickedness. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. I am in the place of God. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. What? You that even the wicked deeds done are used by the all-powerful sovereign God of the universe for good. Do you believe that? Do you believe that your suffering has a purpose? In James, Paul writes to those being persecuted 
and tells them to count it all joy when they suffer, knowing that the suffering is going to produce good character in them. It is making them more like Christ. Do we see that in suffering? Do we act like that? When things don't go the way we expect, in small suffering and in large, whether it be an illness, a disappointing day, bad news, a miscarriage, a death in the family, financial issues, whatever it may be, do we see the goodness of God in that suffering? The fact that he is in control, completely sovereign over it, and working things together for his glory and our good? I have to note sometimes our suffering is related to consequences because of our own sin. We are fully responsible for our sin, and the rebuke from the Lord is a gift. Yet he is in control of that too. In Hebrews 12:5, it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Suffering may come from this disobedience leading to rebuke, and yet the suffering is purposed to lead us to him and to be more like him. And the article that was put into Risen Motherhood that we wrote um, has some really good points that we um, I wanted to add in. And it says, as mothers, we recognize our children are entrusted to us for a time, but they're old. We can't control over their lives, even though we'd like to. No matter how many healthy foods we feed our children, whether we choose to homeschool them or put them in a private school, what friends we choose to let them play with things. At the end of the day, the Lord is sovereign over their lives, the decisions they make, their health, and ultimately their yeah. salvation. Although we play an important role and it's good to mother with wisdom, we must guard our hearts and minds from the temptation to distrust our good God when things don't go as we would want. We won't do this perfectly. But we can pray for help to trust God more deeply, trusting his purposes in it all. Suffering helps us rely on the Lord. Whether we realize it or not, every moment of every day is more than we can handle in our own strength. That's so good. Very encouraging, I think, for every mama out there, whether you're going through a season of suffering or not, just to be reminded that God is in control, even over things that seem terrible. Mm -hmm. So lastly, God is sovereign over this world and his mission. John Piper also said that the risen and reigning King of Kings and Lord of Lords rules over this world and over his mission with absolute sovereignty. Nothing is outside his sovereign will. If he meets with resistance, he either allows it for his purposes or he overcomes it for his purposes. That means that every tornado, every terrorist attack, every car accident, every broken relationship, everything is in the hands of God. Now, this topic can get very intense, and we do not have near enough time to dive into this. Neither of us are theologians either, and so we probably wouldn't do the greatest job explaining it to you, but we do as Christians have to believe this and that there is, you know, really such comfort and rest in trusting this. If God's in control, we can find peace and rest for our weary souls, no matter what's going on. And although he isn't the author of evil and sin is rampant in this world, there's nothing happening that surprises him. 
He isn't shocked by anything. He's not trying to figure out a plan B. His plan and his purposes have always been and are always at work and in play. And he's, he's, his story that he's written from before the foundation of time is at work. He's in the midst of it. And in time, one day in eternity, it will all make sense. But while we wait for that glorious day, we can find hope in knowing that he is the sovereign one. I'm reminded of Job, and I think we can all remember back to his story, and we can just learn so much from him and what he went through. Um, If you don't know, Job went through just an immense amount of suffering from losing his children and losing all of his belongings down to suffering in his physical body in a way that most of us probably will never experience. And yet he was a righteous man who feared God. And here's some of the things he said in Job 121. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And that was after his children had been taken. In Job 2.10, he says, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Job 3.23 says, why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? Job 13.15 says, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Job 14.5, man's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. Job 23.13-14, but he stands alone who can oppose him. He does whatever he pleases. He carries out his decree against me and many such plans he still has in store. Job 42.2, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. All of that just points to the fact that God is in control. And so what does this really practically have to do with motherhood? We think we're in control. Let's be honest. (laughs) We fight for it. We want it. When things aren't going our way, it sets us off. We're angry. We're defeated. We're frustrated. We're hopeless. When a child isn't responding to training and discipline, we find ourselves trying to fix it, to try and solve the problem. We want some magic formula that's going to get an intended result, that's going to produce a saved child. We want control of them. When our marriage isn't functioning the way that we want it to, or our husbands aren't doing what we think they should be doing, or even what God Mm -hmm. thinks they should be doing, we think, well, how can I do everything in my power to control even them? We manipulate with our words and our actions. When trials come our way, we try to escape them as quickly as we can. We want the way out. We've lost control and we don't know what to do, and so we fight for it. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It really is that simple for us. Trust in the Lord. Don't trust in yourself. Lean on your own understanding isn't going to get you anywhere. But in everything, call out to him, seek him, pursue him trust him and he's going to provide that wisdom and clarity and direction that we so badly want. We need to wait on the Lord and we need to believe he's good and believe he's sovereign and in control. 
when our perspective starts to change and we start to live like we actually believe this, when it's actually reflective in our behavior and in our hearts, not just in our minds, it really starts to transform how we react to things and how we live in those micro moments. And it sets us up for success in those macro moments, the big things. So true. And Oswald Chambers says, am I fully prepared to allow God to grip me by his power and do a work in me that is truly worthy of himself? Sanctification is not my idea of what I want God to do for me. Sanctification is God's idea of what he wants to do for me. But he has to get me into the state of mind and spirit where I will allow him to sanctify me completely, whatever the cost. Wow. Are we prepared to let God work in our hearts to transform us and refine us to live in the light of the sovereign, his sovereign control? So convicting. I think John Piper said it really well, too. He said there are no limits to God's rule. There is part of what it that this is part of what it means to be God. He is sovereign over the whole world and everything that happens in it. He is never helpless, never frustrated, never at loss. And in Christ, God's awesome, sovereign providence is the place we feel most reverent, most secure, and most free. That sovereign plan that God showed us through Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection. So thanks so much for listening today. We look forward to continuing on this journey with you all as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.